good morning, good evening, good day. This is YE1 Daily and I'm Ian Wallace. Today's edition brings us all back to 2009-10 season, perhaps a season which really allowed the club to kickstart its rise to becoming a household footballing name across Europe. Martin Cloak, Simeon Wright and Peter Wright are my lucky trio who have been assigned the pleasure of refreshing Spurs fans' memories of Harry Redknapp's first full season in charge, which ended in a somewhat surprised fourth place finish and Champions League qualification for 2010-11, which all four of us were fortunate enough to review yesterday. Wonderful roller coaster that was. So considering that Harry had lifted us from a pretty broken state the season before, what were our expectations going into 2009-10? Sim, can you sort of tell me how you felt considering the season before? You know, how, how did you sort of feel going into this season? I think the first thing that jumps out to me in that season is the fact that we weren't in Europe. And after the disappointment in 2006 when we should have been in the Champions League and we obviously the lasagna thing happened and we weren't and we experienced three reasonably exciting seasons in the Europa League but I think by the end of the 2008-09 season we were pretty pretty sick of it and it felt like we had a nice clean slate in terms of going for whatever was achievable in the league and I, I did like the look of the signings and if there's one thing that Harry Redknapp is good at doing it's getting the best out of his favourite players that he takes around to different clubs and he'd already brought back Defoe midway through the last season and he brought in Crouch in the summer Bassong had been a good player for Newcastle the year before he strengthened the defence I thought it was a season that Ledley King was fit for most of that season as well so that was able to form a decent partnership and Cranchar as well who I thought was a bit of a revelation we'll see. Um, how many times has he signed Crouchy you you lose count but yeah just just with that clean slate of not being in Europe and seem to be building a team with Harry's identity and I did like Harry at the time I I felt I felt good going into the season yeah and uh, the previous season we finished eighth under Harry sort of came in midway through the season before Martin how did did you sort of feel considering we finished eighth the year before we made some big signings at the time of Crouch and Besson and Crenshaw How, how did you feel Martin going into the season I kind of thought it would just be like another one of the seasons that we'd had for quite a while, really. I wasn't expecting a huge amount. I didn't think we'd be that bad. I think we'd probably end up finishing between 6th and 8th again. And just in terms of, you know, what the squad was like, there was some decent signings. Besson looked pretty good when he first came in. There was a lot of doubt about Crouch, wasn't there? And I think a lot of us underestimated him. And, and he proved yeah. a pretty good signing. But uh, it was tricky because it, it sounds a bit ungrateful I mean we played some great football under Harry but I, I was never totally convinced by Harry Redknapp when he, when he was in charge and he'll say well this mug knows nothing about football because I got us into the Champions League and blah 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 and that's yeah. right but you know we'll kind of come on to it a little bit later I thought that I just never thought it, it was always you're lucky to have been got as far as you've got with, with Harry and it wasn't let, let's push on to the next bit so I think that was one of the reasons why I didn't have huge expectations when we went into that <laughs> That's interesting. Peter, how did you sort of feel after the transfers in the summer? Did you feel quite confident or you did you feel pretty much like Martin? No, I mean, from where we'd, from where we'd come from, and I thought we were we were moving in the right direction, I was optimistic that given the window and a proper pre-season with the players, that he could move us forward. I liked Basson and I thought Crenshaw was a really good signing as well. I thought we could go in the right direction, definitely. OK, it's funny someone mentioned Ledley King there. He played 20 league games that season, so that was quite good considering his injuries. Do we sort of feel he was the reason why we did so well? He sort of played really well alongside Bassong and whoever he played alongside Dawson or Cabal. Do you think he was the key player in the big games? He lifted anyone he played alongside, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. We were always better side when he was in the team and he just lifted everyone around him. He was 
brilliant on the ball. He never struck me as... I mean, obviously, I was never out on the pitch, but he never struck me as kind of the loudest leader. But he, like they say, you, you lead by example. And I thought he just... In the same way that Toby Alderweireld, since he's come in, I think, especially for his first couple of seasons, he really lifted the level of everyone around him. And I thought it was the same with Lady King. And maybe that's the reason why a team like this was able to perform above expectations and finish fourth in this season. Yeah, I think... I mean, we... we... Sorry, uh, sorry, Peter. I was listening to Jamie O'Hara on the radio the other day, and they asked him who was the best captain he played under, and he said, well, he had to split it between the two, and he said, Ledley, for sure, because without being particularly vocal, he was always the best player on the pitch anyway, so he really lifted the people around him and made you want to play better, and... And then the other one was Robbie Keane because he wouldn't accept anything less than 110%. In that season, we started really well in the Premier League. We won our first four games, including Liverpool at home, where Asa Okotu scored an absolute rocket. Anyone remember that goal, yeah. Martin? Yeah, I mean, that was a great start, wasn't it? That goal is, uh, it, yeah, it lived long in the memory, really, as well. It's fantastic start. Lovely day as well. Sunny old. Yeah, yeah Sunny the white, that, I always remember the white. and It was the season where we had the yellow on our shirt, wasn't it? And I always remember that goal and just the sea of white shirts behind the goal. And this ball was yeah. rising as it went into the yeah. net and it was still rising and it was a, a wonderful strike. Guys, was he an underrated left back? I mean, he played for a few seasons for us. He was unassuming. He seemed a really good guy. Martin, did you? What do you think of him? Do you think he was under, you know, a bit underrated? I think he absolutely was underrated. And I think that for a long time, we'd suffered from having a kind of lack of quality uh, in the fullback position on either side of the pitch and I think he absolutely was and I think uh, I think he was very well liked by Spurs fans as well he was liked for being very down to earth and then I think there's there's a kind of section he's kind of gone out of favour because there's a bit of politics that came in at the end of his time with us wasn't there as well you know in kind of wider world politics and that made him unpopular <laughs> section of support and I think people judge on the basis of that but he was an exceptionally good fullback yeah, I agree. I, th- I think, and then we had Charlie Corluca the other side. We had Modric in that season as well. So you know, we had quite a strong squad. Any- anyone remember after our first four games, we then played Manchester United at home, where we lost three-one after Defoe scoring a brilliant goal in the first minute, and then we lost away at Chelsea. So again, we're sort of not beating the big six teams. Any- anyone remember those two games? I remember the Chelsea one bitterly disappointing away mm, there. You know, I remember the overhead kick from Defoe, but then did United get a player sent off? Scores got sent off. Scores got sent off. Yeah. Rooney occupied our whole back four on his own. I do remember that game. We see we get on a little bit of runs in that in that season. Then we'd like have a disastrous game. You know, there was hope, and then you'd come up against the, you know the top sides, and 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 you wouldn't get a result. I mean, I think we were particularly poor away to Arsenal, weren't we? That year, it's always disappointing when the team doesn't turn up for that game. It, it was. Did it you was... go to that one then? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we had some good results that season. We beat Man City at home 3-0. Franchise scored a couple of goals in that game. And remember, we beat West Ham at home as well. And that's a really good point. You're saying there was a little bit of hope there. And then suddenly it would go away. But then we had a huge, great run from the 21st of February to the end of the season where we won nine and lost three. I mean, that's not bad form, is it? It was quite a stop-start. Even though we say it's a stop-start, I mean, we finished fourth. In that season, anyone remember any? What was their favourite game of that season? The Wigan Nine One's got to be up there, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, although uh, I missed out on that ticket, I could have gone to that. I ended up going to the Stoke home game that we lost, so I had a choice of that or the Wigan Nine One. I chose foolishly chose the Stoke game. We got beat by Stoke, didn't we? One 0 yeah, 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 yeah. I went to the Stoke game. Yeah. Late goal. Yeah, and 
But in April, we had successive home games against Arsenal first and then Chelsea. Martin, did you go to both of those games? Yeah, and I mean, that week was the highlight of the season for me because we all thought, you know, we'd lost at Sunderland, haven't we? Uh, we'd Correct. Four, and we thought, well, that, that's it. And blimey, now we've got Arsenal, then we've got Chelsea, and they're going to be well up for it. They want to they do us and make sure that we're not going to qualify. And what's it, three days we've beaten both. Yep. Here we did. Top four. Yeah. again at Old Trafford and everything but then you know it all got set up I think we won again didn't we and then we, yeah. we set up for the Man City game but that week that was when it started we thought there was something special and that was a real turning point things are coming back now you know we might have got something here and again I was a bit critical of Redknapp earlier on but you have to say that he was in charge at that stage and a lot of it was Redknapp's kind of personality coming through as well making us believe in ourselves and I think that that contributed a lot to those two winners against a very good Arsenal and a very good Chelsea side as well. Totally agreed, Martin, because I, I sort of, I was just about to say, did we, did we feel there was like a change at the club happening? I, I sort of felt after a few turgid years, there was a togetherness and seeing him in the dugout, I just felt it gave us a bit of togetherness. Peter, what did you think? For sure, for sure. I, I, I think, yeah, I got used to seeing him in the dugout and um, yeah, I totally agree with Martin about the, that week where we beat Chelsea and asked those consecutive wins and particularly the Arsenal game where you saw the emergence of Danny Rose with that wonderful strike. Whatever happened to him after that, he'll always be loved because of that goal, I think. Yeah, so that, that particular week, if you see, not just a game, just a week, was a highlight for me. Yeah, and Bale really exploded in that week as well, didn't he? He'd broken into the sides on a regular basis not long before. You kind of, you kind of think about Bale's career starting in the second half of that season. And so I know we're gonna we're gonna come on to the FA Cup, but I re- I specifically remember Bale getting absolutely hammered in that Leeds third round game because he didn't run into the corner when we were two one up, and um, yeah. you know he had all the all the rubbish about couldn't win a game in a Spurs shirt, which he finally did in the I think the, the January of this season. But I just I just remembered Bale just coming of age in that week and he scored the two winners and in those games and that was that was massive. Honorary mention for a game. I don't know. It was against. We were playing against a team in blue. Was it Everton? Was it? It was. We scored a goal that involved all three Croatians, and it was just the most wonderful goal Ooh, by Crancio. That was lovely, wasn't it? Uh, it involved Charlie Choluk who started the move, and then he threw it to uh, Modric, and then uh, it was a one-two between Modric and uh, Crancio, and it was a goal made in I think it was Croatia. Everton, yeah. Yeah. I think it was Modric's that got the goal, yeah. I remember going to the game after we just talked about the Arsenal and Chelsea games in April. Then we lost away to Manchester, a very good Manchester United team then. Then we had Bolton Wanderers at home. And I remember going to that game where we won 1-0. I remember it was massively edgy and Huddleston scored. But I just felt that I had a feeling with Redknapp in charge. The players just seemed to... Believe. He just had something about it. He said, and that seemed to be his halcyon, his halcyon days at Spurs. Anyone else feel that? Yeah, he instilled belief. You know, he made the players believe. Great man management as well. You get the best out of Crouchy as well. Seemed to bring Bale through and elevate him as well. We talked about Ledley King earlier as well. I think there were leaders in that dressing room. Even someone like Robbie Keane, who his career at Spurs was kind of fading out in that season. He did score four in a 5-0 win against Burnley early in the season. But I think his influence in the side was 
kind of tapering off yeah. towards it, but he was still a big, big force in that dressing room, I think. He actually went on loan in January to Celtic, so oh, your okay. point about he was good <laughs> in the first half of the season is possibly true, but it's interesting how he sort of wasn't part of that squad. Did anyone, the sort of building up to the Man City away game, we had a nice little run, and did anyone, did you, Martin, did you go to that game away at Man City? Unfortunately not. Another key one I missed. I was teaching at the time and I had to teach that night. So I, I managed to, uh, that there was a guy who was an electrician in the class I was teaching who was a big Spurs fan. So we said, uh, we'll finish this quickly, get down the pub in New Cross. I was teaching at Goldsmiths College. So I went to the pub in New Cross and it ended up, it was like, deserted. And there were three of us in there who were Spurs fans who hadn't known each other before. And we ended up dancing around in the middle of the pub, hugging each other. Uh, that was oh, brilliant. But, I, but I thought we might do it, you know, because we'd had that fantastic boost of beating Arsenal and Chelsea. Think, have we made the run at the right time? You know, we're going to kind of duck through the tape and we did it. And, you know, good old Kachi. I mean, you know, he's a legend forever just because of that, isn't he? Yeah. And also we talk a lot on this programme about limbs. I think I think that's <laughs> possibly the limbs in the away section is possibly the biggest or one of the best I've ever seen from Spurs fans. Anyone else agree? Yeah, yeah. Well, honestly, I think in my time supporting Spurs, I mean, you guys would have seen some amazing stuff. Like, I mean, Martin was at the was at the Ricky Villa game, the yeah. the Gaza free kick. You all would have remembered. Yeah. But apart from the Lucas Moura goal last year, <laughs> the Peter Crouch goal against Man City was probably the highest like moment in my Spurs supporting career. And also, I remember in that game. I don't know if anyone else remembers. Martin, I put this to you. I think tactically as well, we, we played well in that game. You know, we wasn't battered by them. Yes, they had some chances, but I just felt we controlled the game quite well and then sort of broke and scored. Martin, did, was that your sort of recollection of it? We did. I thought we, we played very well in the game. And I think the interesting thing about that is that City were at that stage absolutely loaded. And it was that people could see that, you know, it was almost like they were unstoppable. That, you know, they had so much money, they had so much resource behind them. There was no way that anyone was going to get in their way. And that's what felt even better because, you know, we were like, you know, the little side who had beaten the kind of massive money back side, which is, which is an unusual position in some respects for Spurs to be in. But it was so satisfying because they were starting to strut around a bit, weren't they? I think everybody yeah, they were. A club backed by a country. Is this right? And what does this mean for the future of the game? So it kind of meant even more when we won that. And as you say, you know, they spent all that money. We hadn't. And we talked about, you know, whether the team kicked on or not. And there's still the arguments about could we have done more. But the 11 Spurs players on the pitch were the better team that night. And we won yeah, that game. Yeah. So you can't just buy success. You can't no, not spend money and have success. But it's not just about that. And it is back to how the 11 perform and the belief that they've got. And as people have said, you've got to give credit to Harry Redknapp for making them believe in themselves in a way that they did. We qualified there because the City couldn't finish above their 10. Do anyone remember the last game of the season? I didn't remember this game until I was researching earlier today. We played Burnley away and we got battered 4-2. I think we really were on the beach. Sim, do you remember that game? <laughs> I do remember that game, yeah. It, it wasn't televised. There was quite a close title race in that season. So I think it was one of those ones where you were watching... Mm. the last game of the season on Sky and you were seeing the score flashes but I do remember seeing oh yeah we're 2-0 up and you know we've had this great season and I I think yeah. we could have finished third as well we went ahead quite early in the game and maybe Arsenal hadn't scored at that point but there might have been a point in that where we were actually third and it could have been the first time we'd finished above Arsenal for a long time but yeah we just you could you could say we collapsed but maybe they just didn't really care. I don't know. I think, I think they're yeah. celebrating a bit after the City game. Interestingly, you mentioned the money at Man City. I actually met up with Noel Gallagher at a songwriter's shindig not long after that City game. 
and he was saying that we better enjoy this moment because the money had only just come into Man City, but it hadn't fed through yet properly, you know, and that this was our moment, that, you know, it was, things were going to change. And, and he also mentioned the fact that, I don't know if you remember the post-match, Harry Redknapp had a bucket of ice thrown over him. <laughs> well, well yeah. I have it on good authority from Noel Gallagher, but he was not happy about that. I think it was David... Bentley was one of the uh, main yeah, um, was. characters in that, and he never played again because what he said was that Harry ain't having it. It was a four hundred pound suit, probably yeah. <laughs> straight in the bin. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, Bet- yeah. Bentley's a shame actually. Because I just sort of go back just for one final thing on this the leagues thing is talking about Harry Redknapp. We had um, Ida Good Johnson come in on loan for a little part of that season, and I remember he scored away at Stoke. I mean, to get someone like him in with all that experience. It's quite shrewd by Redknapp. Martin, what was your thoughts? And do you remember him sort of coming in? Yeah, that, that it was an odd one, wasn't it, as well? And it was quite a shrewd move. And, he, you know, he, he did a job for us, didn't he, as well? Uh, yeah, he did. Managed to provide a little bit of a kind of trivia link as well, because it was, of course, his dad who missed a penalty in the 1984 UEFA Cup final. Oh, yeah. That's right, yeah. In the post, and uh, we won the UEFA Cup. So uh, maybe yeah. he was fitting into our history a little bit there. So, brilliant league season for us. We finished fourth, which is fantastic, guys. Now, can we move just, we'll move on to the the League Cup. We'll gloss over quite quickly. We played Doncaster, beat them. Preston North End beat them. Everton beat them. And then we lost a bit of a whimper away at Manchester United, who seemed to have the Indian sign over us over the last seasons. But let's go to the FA Cup, because we had quite a, we had a run all the way to the semi-finals. Beat Peterborough in the third round. Leeds after a replay with a Defoe hat-trick. Bolton Wanderers after a replay. Fulham after a replay as well. And then we had Portsmouth in the semi-final, which is one of my really bitterly disappointing um, moments. And also we had Rob White on one of our early podcasts. And he sort of cites this as one of his all-time Spurs lows. The semi-final we lost to Portsmouth yeah. at Wembley. And it was yeah. freezing cold, yeah. miserable. And we you just thought... favourites. Yeah, yeah, we were. That for me, that's the one that's, that's sticking in my memory as, a, as a, a low point. Thank you, Rob. I think we all felt the same. But Peter, how did you feel about that FA Cup semi-final defeat. Yeah, it's, that's definitely the low point of the season for me. If you're looking at the Chelsea-Arsenal wins as highs, and the, of course the um, Man City, this was my low point. And I, just the mention of the word din-dan in this house just <laughs> takes me back to that moment. I mean, to lose to an Avram Grant Portsmouth team, yeah, yeah, bitterly, I agree with Rob, bitterly disappointing. Martin, do you remember the game? Yeah, just an awful day out, really. And I think part of it was... Again, you know, it's, it's back to the Redknapp thing that, that the team didn't really turn up. And one of the things that used to irritate me about him was this whole kind of, you know, you, you can't expect to do any better. You've done as well as, you know, you've achieved a bit more than probably people were expecting. And I just wonder how much belief any of them had going into that game. And, you know, when he infused the team with belief, they responded. And I'm, I'm not sure anybody was really up for it. I don't even think it was a case of us being arrogant and thinking that we could win because Portsmouth weren't supposed to be very good. I just think... There was nothing there that day. That that's you know you're going to lose a game of football sometimes, but you want to see some effort put in and some belief. And there's nothing there that day at all. Sim, what do you think? Do you remember that game as a youngster? I don't remember the specifics of it, and it's it's interesting that Martin says that that the players just weren't up for it. Because if you think about losing to a team who were bottom in the league, who were relegated, you would think that maybe the team just underestimated them. And I do remember Kevin Prince Boateng, who we'd had, and he really hadn't said the word I like at Tottenham. 
I, re- I really remember the way he celebrated that penalty that he scored in that. And he, he did go on to take probably the worst penalty in, in FA Cup history in the final against Chelsea. But it's really interesting that, that Martin says that about the way they played because I've always just assumed that we just went into arrogantly and the fact that he said they didn't turn up and they just didn't look up for it, that's quite unforgivable really. It's particularly galling because we'd beaten them 2-0 in the um, league game days earlier and Crouchy scored a couple. We watched it from the East End, one of the rare times we'd been in the East End, <laughs> where, where the menu, by the way, is crisps and chocolate <laughs> or... Crisps and chocolate, that's the choice. <laughs> no bagels. <laughs> no bagels. A, ma- a, ma- a man of your standing, Peter, needs more than crisps and chocolate. Yeah. Can I just move on to how bad that Wembley pitch was? Because at the time, the Wembley pitch was getting a lot of stick because there were so many events going on on it. Martin, do we think possibly we just couldn't get our passing game together in that game? Do you think that was, or was that just making an excuse? I'm always a bit suspicious of that. I mean, both teams are playing on the same pitch, weren't they? I remember years before when we had Jerry Francis, he, he said we lost one game because the grass was too long. I'm not really sure, to be honest. Yeah. I just I just don't think they were up for it. Yeah, but but you say, you say they're not up for it. The stats say that, you know, we had 16 attempts on target and 15 off target. I mean, David James, I think, was the goalkeeper. I remember him being just inspired. Were we just unlucky? I mean, from my memory, I just remember being bitterly disappointed Then we just didn't seem up to it. We thought we were just going to walk on there and just batter them because they were already relegated, weren't they, I think, or close to being relegated. Peter, do you remember? Just a feeling of we didn't turn up for the game. That's what it felt like. like yeah. we never came Italy's. out of the yeah. Interesting with the stats that you just quoted because, it, you know, it's kind of not how I remember it and people say, well, this bloke doesn't know what he's talking about because we had all those shots but I think, he, he, you know, the stats don't lie but the performance was just so lacklustre and I've watched it back and it's that, that it just doesn't seem to be anything there at all. So, but strange. Yeah. I, bit, I, I think it was a Portsmouth team that had a bit of spirit about them. Their Absolutely. finances were going right the way, like, well, we're just were just dire at the time, weren't they? And I think their league form towards the end of the season, I I'm just going off memory, but I remember they weren't they got a they got a bit of a points deduction, so the league made them look a lot worse than they actually were. I, they would have been relegated anyway, but I do remember a bit of spirit under Avram Grant and maybe that he he managed to get the West Ham job off of that. So maybe they were just more up for it and they just kind of had a bit more about them on the day. I don't know. They wanted it more on the day. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's just not ruin what was a great season. You know, in, in memory, you know, we finished fourth with brilliant old man City. Liverpool finished seventh that season, you know, so it's interesting to see that. that And, you know, Harry's first full season, a pint of beer was £2.94 average that season. So, again, in traditional YE1 fashion, if we can go round the table, we'll have one or two words, please, on this season. Upwardly mobile. <laughs> like it. Yeah. Like so, it. Pleasantly surprising. That's exactly what I just was going to say. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm, I'm going to throw one in there as a, a roller coaster because I really felt that really was in true Tottenham fashion a roller coaster of a season. Yeah, it was. It was. Cool, guys. Well, thank you so much. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed going back over that season and I thoroughly enjoyed reliving Man City away, which was a real high point in my uh, and all Aspers supporting lives. Thank you, Martin. It's been brilliant having you on the last couple of days. It's been fantastic to hear your insight. So really appreciate it, Martin. Thank you. Cheers, Martin. Cheers, Martin. Thank you, fellas. Pleasure. And guys, all keep safe. Thank you for everyone listening and uh, see you all soon. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Peter. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.